What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 49 of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast where a group of lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined today by my ever-present co-host and antagonist, Mr. Andy Brown. I'm going to start this off the way I always do, by telling you that water Pokemon are trash, and if you pick them, you're a bad person. Wow. I'm going to start this off by talking about how Andy needs to work up some new fucking material. It's just, you know, it's like we're 49 episodes in. You think you'd come up with a second bit at this point, right? You'd think I would. But if it ain't broke, why fix it? I mean, my will to do this show with you is broken, so I guess you're doing something right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, also joining us here is the Edgelord with the Heart of Gold, Mr. Robert Thompson. Hey guys, how's it going? I'm uh, I'm here. Mr. Tobert Robson. <laughs> I'm just Mr. trying Tobert. to think of something that's just so obscure. <laughs> So obscure as saying hi? <laughs> no, but it's like you lead somewhere and then you just, eh. <laughs> Mitt Romney? All right, you guys are killing it this morning. Uh, hopefully this guy can save me. The Guildmaster himself, Mr. Sean Bartley. Hello, hello. See, reliable. That's what I like about you. Oh, wait, 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 wait. When <laughs> what, I say Andy? the same what? thing, it's get new material. When Sean says the same thing, he's reliable. Because it's not a joke. Oh, he's just God. he's just saying hello. This is like a it's like a trademark. I could put that on a shirt. People would know. It's like a catch word, you know? Yeah. All right, and rounding out the group, the other trash panda, the esports <laughs> dynamo, oh, Miss Peggy oh. Ford. <laughs> It, ah, it's me, I guess, but you know, I guess it's just. Oh, it's just that's cool. Me. That's cool, Peggy. Act, act like I'm picking on you. Like you're a victim here. Like you don't bust my balls I don't every know week. What you're talking about? I rolled very high in deception. Thank you. So. <laughs> he don't, he don't I rolled like he very low it. in luck. Ah. Uh, Alright, so welcome back to another episode of the Video Game Pals. We're here to talk about video games. Uh, we're going to start the show off the way we sometimes do, by talking about what we're playing this week. Um, I've got some Far Cry 5 impressions for you, but before that, uh, Peggy's got yeah. something to talk about. So, uh, I actually started a, uh, a Pokemon Blue, that one, right? Yeah. The uh, like remake, and you know what? I- Wait, the, the remake? Not the so- remake, uh, like a replay. And, um, oh, okay. I, I chose like, Squirtle. <laughs> And to be honest, like, oh, I'm you're really, dead to me. I'm really feeling it. Um, I'm actually full uh, of shit. Happy April Fools, everyone! Uh, <laughs> what the fuck's up? Did you start the game nope. though? No, I didn't. I didn't start oh, anything. No, 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 no. This is no, literally just she troll. Hey, uh, I'm sorry. As soon as I heard that she picked Squirtle, all I heard was like a chorus of angels. So in my mind, Peggy's now she's on the right side of history. So you know, unless she wants to fuck that up for herself, all she has to do is keep quiet. What? So, <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um, I I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit about Far Cry Five this week. Uh, so I I got into the game. Uh, I bought it on release day. I've already put twenty five hours into it in the last couple days. Um, oh my god, I, I'm having a really good time with it. Um, I, I think I'd like to start off with what I don't like about the game, um, because what I do like about it is a lot easier to, you know, uh, succinctly say. And what I don't like about the game is everything. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Far Cry 5 is really good. Um, I think the, a lot of the criticisms I've seen online about it, uh, revolve around its story, and I think they're predominantly, um, like, well- um, well-lobbed criticisms, I guess I would say. That's, like, not an effective way to say what I'm trying to get across. But I, I, I think that criticism is valid. Um, however, I think being a Far Cry fan, 
I didn't have the same expectations that a lot of people seemed to going into the game. You know, I think a lot of people were like, oh man, like they're going to make some major statement about like, you know, gun violence or, you know, religion in America or whatever. And like, that was never what Far Cry was going to do. You know, like I, if you've played Far Cry 4, um, you'll know that there's a very similar ideological like split cop out in that game where they present two sides and, you know, depending on where your kind of political leanings are, you're going to side with one side or the other side. But then the moral of the story is, well, everyone's bad, so it doesn't matter. And, you know, you're like you have a lust for violence, so you're bad, too. And it's just kind of like. That's always the moral of Far Cry, uh, at least in the last three entries that I've played. Like, Far Cry 3 has a great story. Far Cry 4 didn't, and Far Cry 5 seemingly doesn't. And Far Cry um, Primal I'm, had cavemen. Yes, it did. <laughs> and grunting. <laughs> a lot of that. Oh, boy. I mean, I also so, heard that the story itself is really hidden, too, because I heard, like, there's a lot of things that you don't hear about anywhere except the radio in the car. Is that correct? Um... Like, yeah, but that's not a, like, in my mind, not a valid criticism, really, again, because okay. it's like, it's it's similar to how Far Cry has handled that kind of storytelling in the past. Okay. Like, when you're in the car, um, like, you get radio signals from a guy who's like your man in the sky kind of person, right? Like, he saves you from the cult, and then he's the guy on the radio who's telling you what to do the whole game. And then in the um, car, there's always kind of been a segment of that in Far Cry. Like, in Far Cry 4, um, there was a, 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 like, shock jock guy whose name was, like, Ravi, like, Radio Ravi or something like that. And he was constantly talking about your main character and, like, how the different NPCs were advancing the war and, like, the, you know, the villain. And, and like, that is part of the environmental storytelling of Far Cry. Okay. So I, I wouldn't say that it's hidden. It's there if you're looking for it. Gotcha. You know? And I think to me is like that's why this entire like problem that people have with Far Cry like it's not a problem for me. Like the story is a framing device, and like that's all it is, and that's all it needs to be because I'm not playing Far Cry for the story. Like Far Cry Three did have a great story, but the reason I picked it up was for the gunplay and for it being you know something that a lot of people use as a derogatory term, but it being an Ubisoft game. You know, like it being a game that's about having a big sprawling map with tight gameplay and lots of fun shit to do. Gotcha. You know, lots of challenges, lots of boxes to check, and um, it's it's nailing those things. You know, it's like if you are a fan of Far Cry and you you know haven't played since Far Cry Four like me. Um, you know, I, I was excited to get back into this, you know, and not wanting to go back and play something I've already done. And it being in America, it having that, um, you know, more uh, forest kind of landscape instead of like a jungle or a tundra or something, it's different, you know, and, and the way that you advance through the game is a lot different because of some of the, uh, I think, more small changes that have been made to the game. And those are the things that I'm really appreciating as a fan of the series. Uh, there's an increased focus on uh, vehicles. And not that you have to use them, but uh, in previous Far Cry games, whenever you would unlock a weapon, you would basically get it in your weapons cache. And whenever you'd go to like uh, a hideout, you could put your loadout with any of the gear that you bought. So if you lost it in the field or you decided you wanted to drop it for something else, you weren't penalized and have to buy that gun again. Uh, they've adopted a similar system for vehicles as well, where now you can, like, unlock certain, like, helicopters or, or trucks or whatever uh, through doing certain missions in the game, which uh, is super fun when you do the two-player stuff, which is something else that's new this time around and is so good. Uh, I got to fuck around with the multiplayer stuff for a couple hours the other night with a uh, friend of the show, Ozzy, and um, 
we had a blast with it. You know, it's it's seamless. It's super easy to jump into your friend's game and uh, and just fuck around. So like him and I were going doing side missions, and you know, I unlocked this crazy truck. I had him on the back, and we were just going through tearing up outposts and just creating you know your general mayhem. And, uh, and that's a blast, you know, like, and that's what Far Cry does best and getting to do it with a friend is something I've always thought would be really fun. And, um, the multiplayer has been implemented really well here, I think. So that, I think, um, those innovations alone are enough to kind of make things feel a little bit fresh. And, uh, in a similar vein is the, um, there's the ability now to like call reinforcements basically like you can unlock these nine different npcs that are like guns the guns for hire or whatever and they're super useful um because the game is incredibly hard like i'm playing it on normal difficulty and it's much harder than any other far cry game uh like if you stand on the side of a road for long enough like waves and waves of dudes will come and just wipe you the fuck out um like when thompson and i were playing together for our uh our pals play series that we did that comes out this week um you know, that happened plenty of times where I would just be going somewhere and then all of a sudden I'm in this crazy firefight and five more dudes show up before I can stop or you're attacking an outpost and then a fucking helicopter flies by and gets in on the fight and more guys show up. And meanwhile, and- Thompson's playing basketball with your son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's really fun. And I think, you know, if the whole reason you wanted to play Far Cry was for the story, you're probably going to be disappointed, but... You know, that's not the reason to play a Far Cry game in my mind. Like, Far Cry is about water cooler moments. It's about the moments of you being out in the field and you're in a firefight and then all of a sudden you get attacked by a cougar, you know, like, or a turkey. <laughs> um, so those those are the things that I think it really does well. And, you know, to me, that's what I needed for it to be an enjoyable experience. Um, I'm sure I'll have more thoughts on the story when I get to the end of the game. But uh, as of right now, I, I think... From what I've seen, it's definitely not the thing that's drawing me forward. It's just that Far Cry 5 is an incredibly fun game to play. So, um, uh, question for you. I've I've heard in a lot of reviews that it, like, I know you said Ubisoft game is a positive, but I've heard also as a positive that it feels less like an Ubisoft checklist. Yes. Uh, I think the most important thing with that, and they actually make a joke about it in the, like, intro of the game, is there are no radio towers anymore. So you don't have to unlock things to fill out the map. You unlock the map by going through the map. Okay. Um, And it's funny because in the beginning of the game, you have to activate one radio tower. And the guy who's like your guy in the sky is like, I promise I'm not going to have you doing this all across the county. And I was like, (laughs) ah, good. (laughs) Um, And I think uh, on top of that, one of the other things that kind of breaks it up a little bit too is they change the way that you level your character out. So that instead of – because, you know, if you've played – uh, previous Far Cry games, you'd have to, like, hunt animals, and then, like, you know, you'd have to, I gotta kill five sharks so I can make a fucking wallet. So your you magic know? tattoo can give you more powers? Yes, exactly. So instead of that, now what you do is there's a, a challenge and perk system. So the game has an, uh, a list of challenges that range from, like, get five or ten kills with a shotgun, kill a hundred people, skin three grizzly bears, glide with your glider suit for a thousand miles, and uh, each of those will unlock perk points, which you can then uh, pay to unlock new abilities or perks and um that's how you like up your holster that's how you raise your health that's how you you know do this or that um so it's much easier to progress your character by just playing the game rather than having to Ugh, i want to get a fourth fucking gun so i gotta go find where the sharks are and do this and that and it, <laughs> it, it allows you to play the game at your own pace a lot more rather than trying to funnel you down through like fetch quests you know Which okay is, that's i'm, that's I'm really, real good. into that yeah yeah 
Um, and what else is really cool, it drops you into the very beginning of the game, and you're allowed to go in whatever direction you want. Like, there are three sectors of the map for each of the main guy's kids, and they're all different difficulties, but then they're like, hey, you should probably go here first, but you can go wherever you want and do whatever you want in whatever order, um, which is awesome. Uh, it definitely frees you up to kind of do your own thing. Like, when Thompson and I did the Let's Play, we went in a totally different direction than when I went, because I was like, I don't want to just do the same shit, so, like, let's go jump in a helicopter and see what's on the other side of the island, you know? Cool, cool, cool. Um, did you do the 10-minute secret ending? No, but I, I did read about it. Um, yeah, in tra- traditional Far Cry fashion, if you just wait at the beginning of the game, you get an alternate ending. Uh, that's pretty funny. Does Pagan Min just um, show up and let you out again? <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> instead of putting the handcuffs on the religious leader, like the sheriff is just like, fuck this, we're leaving. And he's just like, get out of here. And you, you just got, leave yeah. the, the yeah. air marshal there by, by himself. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'll arrest you guys. And you're like, uh, yeah, okay, you can do that. It's like, good luck. <laughs> that's, um, that's pretty so then, choice. Just the last things I wanted to just um, put in there was I, I definitely think – I already commented on how the AI is a lot harder. It's definitely – that I think is probably one of the biggest standouts is just the game is way more aggressive toward you. Um, and then other just little things I noticed is uh, I have had a few um, – like technical issues i've noticed there have been some pop-ins at times where i'll like come around a corner and then like a plane drops you know or something like that or like there's a guy on the side of the road and i get out to kill him and then he's gone um so i have noticed some hiccups here and there they haven't patched the game since day one so i imagine fixes for that are probably coming pretty soon um and uh other than that the only really other thing i've seen people complain about are, are long load times um, apparently if you're playing on PS4 Pro or Xbox One, it seems like the load times are a bit longer. I haven't experienced super long loads on PS4. I, Thompson can probably speak to this as well. Like, they're there, they're present, but they're not, they're not too bad. No, they're, they're not egregious in any way. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought twice about them unless other people had commented on it in their own reviews. So, uh, if you're like me and you haven't upgraded to a 4K system, I don't imagine you'll have problems in that department. I have a launch PS4, so... <laughs> Oh, um, you yeah, old, Thompson. you old Pete. Yeah, I'm old. You got an old console because uh, you're an old man. <laughs> I'm an OG, bro. Like Kale. Um, <laughs> but uh, Thompson, before we get off this, did you have any thoughts on on Far Cry based on what you'd seen from our stuff playing in the last couple days? It's refreshing. Um, you know, I'm a fan of the series too, but like, I don't own this game, and I only like played ten minutes or so, and uh, I I enjoyed what I saw. You know what I mean? Like, and that's speaking volumes of it because it's a very like hands on kind of game. But, like, mm-hmm. I definitely wanted you to play it because you had, you know, like, I don't know, 18 hours of experience at that point. Shit. And, uh, you know, it was it's, like, refreshing, man. It's, like, uh, I, I had not considered buying this at all. Uh, but after seeing you play it, I was, like, that that moved up a lot, you know, like, a lot on yeah. my list. You know, it was not like I didn't want it. It's just you can't afford everything. And this it's fucking rad, you know. And, like, the the added, like, co-op stuff at the, at the thing, like, looked, give it some, like, long, longevity to it, you know. Yeah. Like, uh it's one of those things that like i love completion stuff but like i hate like i gotta find harder flags or whatever and like like you said about the ubisoft quest being fixed up like yes. specifically that is really rad because like i could totally get into that perk system and like i just want every perk now you know and i'm sure <laughs> there's a way to do it so um you know I-, I love doing that shit i love completing maxing out all the stats and just becoming like a god in games so i Yo, love to see I that think, uh... Building off that other thing you said too, I think the arcade system, which you and I like looked oh, at, yeah. but I haven't oh even experienced yet. I forgot um, that's about another that. thing 
that adds a huge amount of longevity to this game is yeah. that they added an arcade system where you can build your own levels and people have made all these challenges already. They have like weekly, monthly events where you can go in and play, you know, these special maps and they're like very much just like, hey, what if Blood Dragon was like a games as service platform where you can just play these psychotic Far Cry levels all the time? Yeah. Um, which is something I definitely see myself putting some time into when I get through the main game. Yeah, um, it's a Far Cry so- with longevity in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, and the DLC is exciting, too. I was able to get the uh, Gold Edition with all the DLC for almost regular price because Sony put out a, a discount code the week of. So um, I, I definitely see myself putting a lot more time into this game, and I imagine you'll hear some more thoughts from me near the end. But, uh, you know, I, I wanted to kind of have this serve as my initial impressions on it. Um, I definitely think it's worth your time if you're interested in it. Uh, if you haven't been a fan of Far Cry in the past, like, this probably is going to change your mind. But if you've never jumped on before, or if you are a fan of previous games, I definitely think that this game's worth your time. It's worth your 60 bucks. So uh, give it a shot. Let me know what you think. Hit me up. Uh, so with that, we're going to move into a little bit of reader mail before we get uh, before we get out of here. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so we had a... Um, and I, I know I usually have Peggy read these, but I, uh, I forgot to send it to her, so I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> so we got a comment over on Instagram, which is something that we don't usually uh, read on the show, but um, we got a good response, I thought, to... Uh, you know, we, we talked about our favorite bad games for the Random Question of the Week last week. Yeah. And uh, we had a... Um, actually, a guy that Andy and I went to high school with, Mr. John Bolton, wrote in and, uh, and said for his favorite pick, for his favorite bad game, was Mad Max. He said, the story was pretty crap, there was a ton of repetition, but I adore the game. Visually, it was stunning, and the combat animations were awesome. The devs really nailed a post-apocalyptic feel. There were a ton of cool small details throughout the world map. Cool. Yo, so I thought that was a good yo, pick. I totally agree. Pete, you remember, like, at your last party, yep. uh, I was playing that shit? Like, yeah. Yep. I got that shit for, like, $4. It was great for 4 bucks. Not worth more than, like, 5 but it's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like a lot of people really like that game for yeah, that man. same reason where they're like, hey, it came out against like Metal Gear. You should yeah. have played Metal Gear instead of this. So like I get it, but it was a good game and there was cool stuff there. So the car combat was really interesting to me. So um, I thought that was a good pick, John. I wanted to, to give that a little highlight. So uh, remember, if you want to let us know what you're playing this week uh, or let us know what you think about, you know, a random question or any other segment we've talked about here on the Video Game Pals, you can write into the show and hear your thoughts right on the air. Uh, by giving us an email over at thevideogamepals.com. Uh, sorry, that is not true. <laughs> at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. Or you can go to thecomicspals.com and use our contact form. Um, or you can follow our sister show at The Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold, just like John did, to stay up to date with all the cool stuff we're doing here at The Pals Network or to let us know what you're thinking about what we're doing. Uh, so if you're an audio listener, we would greatly appreciate it if you would help the show out by giving us a like on your platform of choice. Or if you really want to help the show, you can head over to Apple Podcasts, where we're currently a five-star rated podcast, and keep that trend going. The more ratings we have, the more likely we are to get recognized by new listeners. So that's a huge thing you can do for us, and uh, won't take you but a minute. Uh, and if you're over on YouTube, you can do us a solid by liking this video, subscribing to the channel if you haven't already, and as always, just share the show. You know, if uh, this or any other episode we've done really uh, did it for you, you think you have a friend out there who might enjoy what we're doing, share it with them so they can become our pals too. So with that, we're moving on to our random segment of the week, and uh, I've got a random question of the week! Nice save, nice save. Yeah. No, it's on purpose, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Tell yourself that. that. Tell yourself every that. Every once in a while. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, all right, Sean. You got to back me up here, man. You can't. You can't love yourself in with these guys. Even when I'm wrong, Sean, I just need your support. Welcome to Team Panda. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't appreciate lying. <laughs> 
Lawful good. All right, fair enough. So I think this is a really fun one. I'm interested. I'm excited to do this one. So uh, I I wanted to ask you guys if you could own any game studio, who would it be and why? And what would you change about how they operate? So and I'd like to add the caveat here. No major publishers. Like this is the assumption you want. You win the lottery and you're able to fucking take over a studio, but you can't fucking like buy Activision Blizzard. You can't take over Nintendo. That's directly wanna... aimed towards me, and I am offended. <laughs> no, Sean would pick that too. And I, I just say, I I I, I want to keep it reasonable, like a, a development studio, not a major publisher that has it's a billion dollar organization. How would you take control of a you know? And it could be like a Naughty Dog or something like that. That's like the limit I want to put on it. You know, like it's it's a studio, not a publisher. It's fair enough. Um, I have one if you guys don't. Yeah, all, yeah, all you, bud. Uh, I'd like to take over Paradox because I love all of their games. I love everything that they do with their games. But I absolutely think that they have turned away millions and millions of potential people because their DLC policy is complete shit. So, um... <laughs> You know, you release a game like your Sarah Kings 2, and then a couple years later, you got like 65, 70-something DLC pits on it. Like, that's fucking absurd. Um, I, I Like I said, I love everything they do, though. And that is, in particular, like one of my favorite studios. It's just like, I can't, I can't tell you I like what they do on the other half of it. <laughs> Even though I buy most of it for the games that are really good. Um, they got better with it over time, but like, still, man, they're... Half half of the negative reviews are just like fuck this company for the DLC. Like they're not even reviews. You know what I mean for all the games. So right, yeah. I feel like they have they have turned away a huge number of people, um, just because they need to chop stuff up. Important question: Would yes. you roll back the Stellaris update that everyone hates? <sighs> See, I haven't played that update yet, so that's really hard to say, man. Because I'm I'm heavily invested in Stellaris and I have not played that update, so. Um, see, like Hearts of Iron Four right now. There's a, the update that came out. There's a couple things I'm not too happy with, but I see the direction they're going with, and like just needs a little tweaking. So okay. I'm hoping that like because most things they do are kind of like that anyway, and I, they always get backlash. So I'm kind of thinking like give a, a couple tweaks here or there. The, the things that people don't like will will be less, you know. And um, you know, it it seems to improve the overall gameplay. You know what I mean? Sure. Like even cool. if you don't like what happened, it seems that their patches and the big updates like fix the overall gameplay like you can't be broken anymore in hearts of iron like just because you're like you pick the worst country in the game and you use like one specific thing and the template is just built a certain way and like guess what you win um you can't do that as much now they changed just little things you know and cool people didn't like it but it's like it's more fair i don't, I don't care it's more fair so i'm assuming Solaris is the same way but yeah that's that's where i uh paradox man cool so anybody else got one? i got one Oh, oh! If if Peggy wants to go, Peggy can go. Uh, I was gonna go say uh, Sucker Punch because I want a okay. true Sly Four. I don't want them to take it off of uh, to like. I don't know what exactly happened with Sly Four, but it was bad, and I want an actual one that doesn't. You're one of the only people who feels that way. Like... I don't agree with the story. I don't spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. But I don't like how they turn Penelope into this bad, into this bad guy. Like I think that's bullshit. I really, really did not like that turn, and I don't think it's it's very true to canon at all, if that's even a thing in video games. But uh, uh, I, I just, I really didn't like it, and also the the art style made it, it just wasn't Sly, it wasn't Sly Cooper, and uh, 
the controls were a little weird as well, so, like, specifically to get a, I guess, Sly 5, but it retcons Sly 4 entirely so that it has never happened. <laughs> they gotta do a reboot at this point. Yeah, if they were That's gonna do fine. Sly 5, it, it was all a dream. <laughs> no, because he was, he was traveling time, right? So maybe he just got into another universe, and once he realizes that's a thing, like, he meets his other Sly, like, counterpart, then he's like, oh, time to get back to my universe, and they guess they pull a flash? Like, I don't know. But, like, something to retcon, or fringe, if you really want to go that far, but something to <laughs> retcon Sly for. Wait, would the bad guy in this scenario, if they're pulling a flash, be reverse Sly? Yes. It would be, uh, Ills? Ills, yeah. <laughs> Sly Cooper, cover. the new 52. It's, it's no. just the men in black uh, you know what the, you know what flasher. The, wait, 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 you know what the boss, like, final map would be? A cure for what ills you. <laughs> <laughs> Peggy, I think uh, you got a hit on your hands. Thank you. Oh, you gotta make that. Where's that lotto? <laughs> All right, Andy, what about All you? Right, so, uh, we talked about this the other day on Facebook when you were coming up with a random question. And I don't appreciate that you took my Konami play out of my hands. <laughs> I didn't. How? You said you don't want me buying a publisher. Oh, they're not like a major publisher, though. You can oh, do they Konami. Don't make shit, I think dude. that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. anyway they put out, I'm they put out my, two games a year now. I'm going to yeah, change my answer anyway. to survive. I'm going to buy Platinum Games. Hmm. Uh, that's okay. Okay. Um, what's your reason, friend? <laughs> my, my reason is that the things Platinum Games care about, they make... Or when Platinum Games cares about a game they're making, it's excellent. And if otherwise they make fucking vapor. If, if I come in and drop a bunch <laughs> of cash in Platinum so that they don't need to like pump out, you know, five shitty Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games in the space of a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. It's like I could stop hating them. We team up with Konami and make a sequel to Metal Gear Rising. We fucking keep that Yoko Taro relationship going and make whatever he wants to make after Near Automata. Bayonetta 4. Bayonetta 4. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good pick. That's a really good one. They could really use an angel investor. So I think that that's solid. What about you, Shawnee? Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty torn, but I think ultimately I have to go with Capcom uh, because... They need to get their stuff together with Mega Man, and I'm going to force them to do that with my money. They need to keep fighting Marvel. It's uh, a good answer, though. <laughs> I want them to make Mega Man X games again, because that's where it's at. Uh, and I want, this, I want to force them to hire great storytellers, because the Mega Man X series, some of those stories are really good. Some of them are really weird. Um, <laughs> the later games are so so fucking weird. Like when they introduce the voice acting and stuff, the ones on the PS2, those games are fucking rough. <laughs> PS2 games, we don't even talk about those. Actually, we only talk about the PlayStation One games. Yeah, they don't exist. Exactly. Uh, fucking X8. <laughs> in addition, I would uh, force them to not make Capcom uh, Marvel versus Capcom games that look like the last one. <laughs> um, I would force them to go back to the old style of Marvel 2. Uh, and then on top of yeah. that... I love that. I would yeah. love that. That's yeah. awesome. Sean's saying all the right things, man. I like yeah, Capcom. Really are. Sean Sean's Capcom. Hashtag. Cap Sean. Sean Com. <laughs> yes, thank you. I like that. And then uh, finally, I would I would force them to broker a deal with SNK so that we could get Capcom versus SNK part, I guess, part four. 
Uh, finally, cool. long, long overdue. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I'll do. I dig it. I dig it. Then I'll also take fifty-one yeah. percent of the company's stock, so you're seated well. <laughs> Sean comes in and he's like, "Look, I know we just made a bunch of money on Monster Hunter. Great, we're gonna fix every other game, every other one." Yeah. <laughs> Marvel versus Monster Hunter. In the new game, yo, it's just play you that. play as the Avengers fighting the Monster Hunter monsters. That'd be dope DLC. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, all right, so for me, um, I. I came at this where I'd really want to buy a company that's in a shitty place, but like has legacy, you know, that has like IP that I could leverage. Oh uh, boy. So I, I picked Atari. Ooh. Um, cause Atari's a dumpster fire. Right? I don't know why I thought you were going to pick that, but <laughs> so, cause here's my thing, right? I could buy Atari for probably very little money yeah, you in could. the, in the grand scheme of things. And like I doubt they're worth the very much. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but that's the oh, thing, right? Man. It's like Atari has legacy. And, like, there are IP at Atari that have resonance um, that don't matter anymore because they haven't been handled right. And what I would do is I would definitely – I would, like, buy Atari, and my first thing I would do would be to open up, uh, a, like, a pitch session, right? Where I'd be like, yo, attention all, like, top-tier indie talent, right? I want your pitches for any and all Atari IP, you know, like I try to get like somebody like fucking like Pixel Junk or like Drinkbox or somebody who's good at making small, stylish, arcadey uh, style games and be like, what's your idea for Space Invaders? You know, what's your idea for Pong? How do we how do we make a new version of that in the same way that they've been able to, you know, keep Tetris and Pac-Man relevant? You know, like why why are these games not getting that same push? It's because, you know, there's no. There's no thought behind them. And I think there's some IPs we could totally revamp. Like, you could do a brand new Space Invaders that isn't just a reimagining of the thing and be like, it's just the IP, but we're going to do a brand new game in a new style. And you could do the arcadey classics that are, like, up like, you know, um, and, and, like, different. Like, Pac-Man 256 or whatever it is. Hey, like, you know? my Platinum like games will come in and pitch Yoko Taro's Space Invaders. Don't worry. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I feel like you could do that with Atari. And I feel like, worst case scenario, I'll just fucking print Pong t-shirts and make my money back. Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> I'm, so. I'm surprised you didn't say you were going to, like, join Atari and then make the Atari box just the only thing you care about. Well, no. And, and here's what I – and here's was my last point. I wrote this in my notes. And I was like, also, I would make the Atari box actually good or I'd fucking kill it. No, so. no, no, no! You can't kill it. No, no, no! If you got all that free money, like angel investor, all you gotta do is go in there and be like, "I'm taking the Atari box. I'm just taking I mean, the whole fucking and, thing." And that's the thing. I I believe that there's a way you can make something like the Atari box work. I just think that they've been handling it as poorly as you possibly could. Well, you don't so think like, releasing no information over like a long period of time is a great idea? Over press releases <laughs> that give you information but don't actually say anything about the actual console or what it is or what yeah. it does or yeah, no, I don't. Um, so that's actually the other thing I do. I'd fire their entire PR department. <laughs> <laughs> and hire Good. Sean as their entire PR department. Let's go. Yeah, you know, he wants I the broker them. deals. He's going to be like, look, all right, we're making Space Invaders X and we're going to get the best storytellers in the business. <laughs> you know what this sounds like? It sounds like the five of us can start a new business where we like make a reality TV show. We go into video game companies that are failing and fix them and turn them around. It's like flipping houses but flipping game companies. We'll buy like 50, you know, 49% of the stock and make a fucking fortune and sell it back after we we'll turn them around. <laughs> Honestly, it's like, it's like rescue. it would be a yeah, shitty yeah. way to do business, <laughs> yeah. but I really want to launch isn't? like 
and image comics for games or like get creator owned IPs and like be like, hey, you know, let's let's publish your game, like work on this, develop it together. You still own the IP, but like we have a right of first refusal if you want to sell it. I feel like that's kind of what they're doing with um what was that? We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Um shit, private something. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Remember yeah, yeah. that that double A yeah. imprint that mm-hmm. uh that Take Two launched, yeah, and they partnered with like Oblivion oh, yeah, and all those other. Yeah. I can't remember the name. Yeah, of that the, was kind uh, of what the they did, actually. I think it's like private. But we should do that. Yeah, we yeah. should do that. That's, yeah, we, yeah. we would do it better because we all have right, no well, money. When we, when we all win the lottery and we have the money we need for the angel investing, we already got. A plan. We buy Konami's I, I video game division and turn it around. Yeah, I, I think I have to say though, as much I th- I think there's something to all these ideas. I think we start with Sean's if we get enough money, because I think Capcom could generate us the most income to reinvest, and then we could fucking merge and become Capcom Atari, and yeah, one at a time, you know. Capcom Atari, Activision Blizzard. I don't know if I want to Punch. merge with you guys necessarily. <laughs> Whoa, I'm bailing out of my wow, money too. Sean. <laughs> The pillows are breaking. <laughs> it's like I've worked on you guys with this podcast enough to know I don't need you involved Shark in my Tank Capcom rebrand. Yeah, I think I just kind of want to. You know what? Thing. I don't trust you guys, and for that reason, I'm out. Sean Tanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, reminder, if you want to write in with your own random question or let us know what games you'd like to buy, hit us in the comments down below or write to us at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. So with that, I guess that means it's time for... The news, the news, we talking about the news, the news, the news, we talking about the news. Yeah, alright, so we've got uh, a pretty slow news week this week, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it for you guys. It was Easter, it was April Fool's this week, not too much to get around to, but uh, we're gonna start things off with our first story. In just a week, Sea of Thieves has become Microsoft's fastest selling new IP on the Xbox One. So, obviously, that's not saying too much, considering there haven't been a ton of new IP on uh, the Xbox One. But, even so, uh, these numbers are pretty impressive for this game. Uh, So, the game topped UK sales charts in its first week on the market and surpassed 2 million players in just a a few short days. It had hit a million players in its first 48 hours. Um, So, that's obviously impressive, but it is worth pointing out that that doesn't necessarily equate to sales because of Xbox Game Pass. Um, and the number of players that are accessing the game that way, um, which we don't know exactly how many that is. But um, so Rare responded uh, with a thank you message to fans, promising that fixes to, uh, quote, player impacting issues were on the way. We've been blown away by how the game has brought players together. More than half a million new Xbox Live friendships have been forged to date, with over 400,000 players uh, have joined Xbox Club to find pirates to share stories with. We know the response has led to some scale challenges and exposed some bugs we have addressed and will continue to address. Please know that the team at Rare is hard at work tackling, uh, oh, to tackle any player impacting issues, and this is our number one priority. So, um, I'm, I'm surprised by this. I have to say, like, I did not think that Sea of Thieves was going to move the needle I, as much. It's got the special sauce, man. It, It's a little, a little, like, light on things the game tells you to do. But it's just mm. so much fun sailing around the ocean with your friends. I saw that um, that somebody, like, reached max level oh, yeah, for the first time. Oh, yeah, people were mad about that. Which, like, is kind of silly, because it took a week. I've seen plenty of games where it takes less time than that. I don't True, think it took that long he, to do it in Destiny, right? Like He didn't, um... 
Like he didn't he got grind help from it his out. Friends, basically, he, yeah. He he was a streamer mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. said to his audience, "Hey, like do three man crews, leave a spot open for me, and I'm gonna try and hop into your server like as you're turning in stuff, so I get all the experience, and then I'm gonna bounce." Okay, so he cheated his way to the top. I didn't see that. that okay. I'm sorry. If you're mad about a person in a pirate game cheating, you've got a problem. You're missing the point. <laughs> he proved he's the best pirate, right? Like, <laughs> look, pirate pirating is all about networking. Very clearly, no, it's not. <laughs> It'll really put the wind in your sails, so to speak, and it's just a very oh good idea. God. Like, I think that's I think that's a pure win. I know people are really mad about it, but I think it's more so they're mad that they didn't think of that first because that's a brilliant plan. <laughs> And you're a pirate, so yeah, you're gonna cheat the system. It's like yeah, I have so, to say, I like Peggy's take on it. Um, <laughs> people were mostly mad because Rare implied at some point that they might put like an in-game like memorial to him as the first legendary pirate. And it's like again, cool. I feel like he deserved yeah. it. Yeah, right. I he won. I he was the piratesty pirate. <laughs> Was he, or did he have the most fans? That's fine, I mean, too. Sometimes notoriety is all you need to be the top. I mean, like, I don't know. He doesn't have to be the greatest pirate to have the legend to live on, you know? Andy, all I have to say about this is he might be the worst party pirate you've ever heard of, but you have heard of him. There you go. I don't even uh, think yeah. he's so, the worst pirate I've ever heard of. He's just like... Well, even worst, it's the, like he's an overinflated Jack Sparrow for you, th- and that's fine. There but. was a guy who made it like a day after who was literally putting in 20-hour days on this, and he's the hero we deserve. Ooh, yeah, but he's, that, does, but that does hurt. He's number two, and guess what? Everyone's going to remember number one, so that's all that matters. All this uh, pirate talk is making me uncomfortable. I, yeah, he looks sick. I, I literally saw the like <laughs> life drain out of Sean's face when we started talking I, about Jack Sparrow. Yeah, he's just I know. like... I, I, I it, it reminds you. It reminds me of that clip of Ben Affleck during the like Batman v Superman ben. interviews. I'm I'm him. <laughs> Sad Ben, yeah. I'm, Sad Sean. I'm ben Affleck. <laughs> so, I am gonna share one Sea of Thieves war story. If Sean, if you want to take your earbuds out for a second, I really, I really wish I could do that, man. Go right ahead. <laughs> so, um, they have this like raids mechanic where. There's certain forts that, like, a giant skull-shaped cloud will show up, and then you have to fight a bunch of really tough skeletons, and then there's, like, 10,000 gold worth of treasure and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But it, like, attracts everyone on the server. So while other people were fighting the skull fort, I put explosive barrels on all their ships and then waited for whoever... (laughs) Waited for the winning team to come out blew their ship up and stole their treasure. <laughs> yes. Yeah, see, that's that's what it's all about, you man. fucking scoundrel! That's amazing! That's what it's all about, man. That's like, I don't even oh, care man. if Sea of Thieves has, like, more content. I get to do that. It's so much fun. That's fucking awesome. I love that. Like, if you, if you want your ship to not get blown up when every ship on the server is fighting this fucking fort, leave someone behind to guard it. Yeah, right. You would have been great in EVE Online, man. <laughs> that is that is good stuff, man. I I, uh, I can't wait. I really hope that they, like, I hope that we get, like, a good summer sale for that game so I can jump into it, like, when it's, like, hopefully a little bit more robust and they've got a couple patches out. But uh, I'm, I definitely do still want to get into that game at some point. It's so much fun. Uh, but all right, so moving along to a little bit of Thompson news. <laughs> Battletech Thompson dropped news. a... Sorry. 
<laughs> Thompson News. It's gonna have like a kawaii anime girl sound effect in the background too. <laughs> So Battletech dropped a shiny new trailer and a release date. So the tactical turn-based mech warrior game from Harebrained Schemes and Thompson's Future Studio Paradox is out on PC and Mac April 24th. Oh yeah, um, this is this is fucking crazy, man. Like I have been following this game forever as soon as I heard about it, and to hear the release date is like you know a month away from when they said like fucking great, man. Uh, it's got it's got everything I love. <laughs> I, it's cool. Like it feels like the release date came pretty quick. It did. Like, it was like, yeah. oh, the game's coming out. Oh, hey, here's a release date. It's like, oh, yeah. all right, awesome. I fucking right love Hairbrain schemes. They yeah, are, yeah. So they are solid. They make devs. some real good shit. Um, if you guys don't know, they made the Shadowrun Returns series. The three of them, uh, Dragonfall, okay. the original and Hong one, Kong, and right? Hong Kong. Yeah, and all three of them are great. And they all, um, each one expands on the, the last one that they made. And goddamn, that they do a great adaptation of that shit. Which I gotta say, man, '80s stuff in particular, really hard to adapt to modern day shit and make it nice. Battletech is very, very much an old system, and uh, it looks incredible in this. If if you don't know, man, just play Max, smash shit up, and it's great. You know, just just they have fun. Had, they had me at tactical turn-based mech warrior game. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that alone had me, obviously. But Battletech is a very dear series to me. As a wee little lad, I used to play that shit like on fucking DOS, even. I think when it was it was available. You, you ever know, play like, the minis like, games on the like with your warhammers and miniatures? Your, yeah. Yeah, actually, I I did play the mini game, but I don't have any Battletech uh, minis because they're super duper old, so I proxied them. But like, I I did actually play the game yeah. twice. Which, um, really hard. I'm I'm interested <laughs> to see if they're gonna like translate any of that to this game. I watched uh two streams from them so far, and like kind of yeah, they, they sort of did. Like the point values in particular look very very reminiscent of the tabletop. Like you can't roll over a dude because of like one mech being so much better is just so much more points. Cool, cool. Um, okay, that that's that's cool. good because Shadowrun was like simultaneously felt a lot like the Shadowrun tabletop rule set, but also was nothing like the Shadowrun tabletop rule set. Yeah, Battletech is like a little more open for translation to a video game. I feel so. I think like they're like from what I saw at least because like I couldn't read every like right. you know box and everything they were doing, but um, the fact that you have like the crew management stuff in between missions is very much like you sitting there yeah. looking at all of your possible models and going, all right, what can I take? What are you taking? What do I know about what you're taking? And for that alone, uh, just having like the point values like built in there, like like Battlefield Gothic, right? Being a, a tabletop game, just pretty very similar. One's just spaceships, one's like ground mechs. So like you know, and they're both sci-fi. You didn't so. pause, zoom, and enhance to read every box, Thompson. Who even yeah, are you anymore? <laughs> Right. Uh, no, I like to you know keep it fresh for me. You know, honestly, I want to jump into it. Like, I know the series. I know the game's cool looking so far. I don't want to like spoil how the game necessarily like, works hundred percent and form like, oh, this is my strategy going in. Uh, I like to like learn by failure sometimes. If that's a good way to go, I don't know, but I like doing that. So you know, looks fun. Um, yeah, definitely something. Look only forty to. fucking dollars, also. So like, that's great, and it's got some nice, uh, nice pedigree behind it. I feel. Yeah, I mean, it's out in three weeks. Pretty much two weeks, so right around the corner. Um, I imagine that uh, you'll buy it, and we'll probably record a pals play about it or something. So keep your oh, eyes yeah. peeled. Yeah, and then I'm sure within like you know six months, I'll be one of the 25 players playing it, and that'll be another one of my games. So <laughs> literally dozens of us. Hey, maybe maybe this one will have a little bit of staying power. I don't no, know. I mean, it's a harebrained schemes game, and doesn't have games workshops like 
this is true pricing behind it so it will this go on true. sale and people will buy it on sale <laughs> yeah yeah i just hope i don't hit like a like a level cap and have like you know like <laughs> something i can you know do like too well in that game and, and then like you know new players come in and i'm just crushing noobs and then they're like ah fuck i don't want to play this game anymore you know <laughs> wait is that so, something uh, you don't want or something you do want no no I, I don't want that because i don't want people to be like scared away you know it sucks okay sure <laughs> you know you have to just take it easy on him, man. Put, out the kid, pull, put on the kid gloves. Yeah, but then you get your ass kicked some, sometimes, and you're kind of like, ah, I could have beat that guy if I tried more. <laughs> and then you feel like, you know, I thought I'd have just crushed this little dude, you know? <laughs> well, hopefully uh, hopefully there's enough of an audience here to give you some real competition. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll see how it comes out. Or we'll see how it is when it comes out. Excuse me. So, moving right along, Square Enix has announced the creation of a brand new studio that is headed by Final Fantasy XV director uh, Hajime, I think it is, Tabata? Hajime? Hajime Tabata. Hajime Tabata is what we're going to go with. Okay, so the studio is called uh, Luminous Productions, and according to Square, it's going to focus primarily on developing AAA games for a global audience, quote, as well as new and unique entertainment experiences. Which, to me, means probably more VR tie-ins or anime? Um, (laughs) so... I, if we're being honest, the phrase "new and unique entertainment experiences" in a video game context means absolutely nothing to me. I, I my mind immediately just goes to virtual reality or like AR or something like stuff that's weird. Like it's you know oh like experiences. We're gonna do an experience for our next game. Yeah, I know? guess I get that. I don't know. It just like it feels like a corporate buzzword at this point. Sure. I, the only reason I think it stands out to me is because it's specifically in this context. Because, like, we hear the term experience attached to, like, anything that's in VR that's not a game, right? It's a, like, there was, like, that Spider-Man VR experience. There's the Avengers VR experience. Arkham VR. So, right. But that's a game. <laughs> like, there is game to that. Um so I don't know. I can see this being like a way for them in the same way that they release supplemental anime to tell you the story that wasn't there for Final Fantasy 15. I could see them doing that with this. Um, or we get a fucking fishing game. <laughs> so uh, Tabata is going to lead the studio and will also serve as will also. Jeez, I'm stumbling over my words in this last two ones. Uh, will also serve as chief operating officer. Excuse me. And uh, the studio's core members will be made up primarily of the Final Fantasy 15 staff. And Square Enix uh, promised that there would be news about their first project to come sometime in mid 2018. So sounds like we'll probably see their first game at E3. Um, that seems like a safe bet in my mind. No way. Uh, cause you know, what else is around mid 2018 for them to show it off? Um, the so then on the web- Nintendo direct, uh, not impossible, <laughs> Could but, be. um, so on their web, this is a little just tidbit here. I wanted to share with you guys. So on their website, Luminous has listed a bunch of slogans that seem to explain the studio's design philosophy. So they write, imagine scheme, obsess, create, iterate, start over, repeat, repeat. Begin again. Uh, okay. Cool, 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 uh, cool, cool, and then cool, they cool. also And they also wrote, imagination has no limits. Boundaries can be can be pushed. An obsessive drive to turn ideas into reality. Alright, guys. Sounds good. I mean do it. <laughs> it sounds like they got a little philosophical one day and they were like, What if we made video games? Like they were just like out of their own mind, you know? <laughs> How much marijuana was smoked before the it's stating piece? Like, they didn't make a video game uh, studio first and get philosophical. They got philosophical and made a video game studio. <laughs> like, what if we adapted the same philosophy that college philosophy majors have to game design, you know? Could be something there. 
Uh, but, you know, obviously this is an exciting announcement. Uh, Tabata is a great developer and, you know, I mean, some of his stuff has been better than others. But, uh, yeah, specifically, Andy, I'd like to hear what your thoughts on this because I think out of all of us, you're probably the one who is, like, the hottest on Final Fantasy XV. Um, what do you, what's your read on this? Are um, you excited for there to be another big JRPG studio? I'm always excited for another big JRPG studio. Um, the world needs more of them. But... Needs more good ones. I... I wish I knew, like, what they were talking about. <laughs> it's like, what is, what, what, what should I expect from this? Because, <laughs> like, I don't know, this, this pitch is nothing, but also could be everything, like, like, are these, like, slogans for design philosophy? Like, if this is their way of hinting they're doing a JRPG by way of, like, a god game, that would be really cool. I I definitely think they're going to work on a JRPG. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, like for sure. They're they're Squeenix and they're the studio, like saying, "Oh yeah, we know how to make high quality AAA games because we made you know the biggest JRPG of the decade." Right, and I, I think this is specifically interesting in the context of that interview that Tabata had like a, a month or two ago. Um, I don't think it made it to the news on this show, but he he basically was saying that he felt like the team he had built for Final Fantasy uh, fifteen had learned enough about AAA development from the initial really long cycle and then the accelerated cycle of making DLC that he was like, I feel confident that we can make a game at the quality of FF. Uh, 15 much faster now so and that team is now this team so i imagine we're probably going to see a new triple a rpg from them and whether that's they i'm pretty sure they said they're not working on a final fantasy game so i don't imagine it'll be final fantasy 16 i think we might see a new ip oh it's final fantasy 15 x2 where all you do is play as the girls and you have to change costumes it's gonna there's be no great. girls that's the problem <laughs> you <laughs> that's just my point. play there's as no game. Iris. hey there's there's luna and there's Iris. also there's also yeah, my yeah. favorite, uh, but I can't remember any, Arnea from, right. uh... Yo, you know, Arnea's the, dope. She's my favorite okay. character from the whole game. Now, actually, we're going somewhere, because that's three, See? and then you can just make up a fourth character like they did in Final Fantasy X2, and then you got your... All right, okay, all right! But, like, where where does this story take place in terms of the Final Fantasy XV chronology? Because, like... Uh, different dimension Final Fantasy XV spoilers... Metal Gear 5 gets to go to a different dimension. Why can't Final <laughs> Fantasy? Fuck them. You know, it's like, anyone can do anything. Who's, imagine, right. obsess, uh, scheme, create, whatever. Who cares? Repeat, try again. <laughs> I don't give a Final damn. Final Fantasy 15 X2, wherein you play as Luna Freya's magic dogs. Perfect. I'm in. Yep. I'm in. I'd play that game. Talk to the dog to visit the past. You play as Okami, like the, uh, Amaterasu. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Okami, both two dogs. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm I'm really excited about this announcement. I, I imagine we'll see more about it at E3, so keep your eyes peeled. This is definitely one to uh, to be be watching out for, I think. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if Tabata actually gets to work on their game soon, or if he's still slaving away on Kingdom Hearts three, or what the fuck, or if he's working on Final Fantasy seven, or I don't I don't know if they ever let this guy out to go home and see his family. But <laughs> I forgot this was the guy that never got a chance. So uh, oh, this poor guy he works so hard. <laughs> Yeah, best of luck to him. Don't kill yourself, but I'm excited for the next game, buddy. <laughs> All right, so uh, moving over to the world of esports, uh, New York Excelsior has beat out the Fusion to become the Overwatch League Stage 2's first champions. So that's uh, pretty big news. Um, but despite not etching out the win, Peggy was actually more interested in talking a bit about the team that lost the champions, uh, the Philadelphia Fusion. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, 
I really like Overwatch. And it's, no uh, way! Yeah, no! I know. Uh, but in all honesty, it should have been Spitfire versus Nixel, so re- uh, NYXL <laughs> for a remix of uh, what the Stage 1 Grand Finals were. Uh, that wasn't the case because Carpe and Poco and Ikio just went off on their respective heroes. Uh, Ikio was not in Stage 1, came in for Stage 2, uh, and just absolutely killed it. And killed a lot of people, but mostly killed it. And uh, <laughs> and was very, very uh, effective in shutting down a lot of what Spitfire was trying to do. Um, it was extremely surprising to see Fusion overcome uh, overcome Spitfire in that semi... I, sem- it's not a semi-final. I guess third place match, right? No. what's It's like the match... That was the match that would decide who would go for the money. So $100,000 to the winner, $25,000 to second place. And so this was deciding who was going to uh, go up against Nixel later on. But yeah, uh, Fusion had a really, really strong showing all throughout uh, Stage 1 and Stage 2. And now this kind of all came together for them in a great way just when they needed it. Uh, according to Winston's Lab, of course, there were uh, 159 kills for Spitfire versus Fusion's 204, which is actually pretty uh, pretty significant, all things considered. And um, it was just a very, very good game, and Fusion played out of their minds, basically. It was a combination of Spitfire going uh, a little bit... It was clear they weren't expecting Fusion to be as prepared as they were. Uh, and that also goes into the next game, which is the New York Excelsior versus the Fusion. Uh, Excelsior even themselves said, yeah, we were we were thinking Spitfire was going to, to beat Fusion, so we didn't prepare as much for Fusion's comp than we were to have for Spitfire. Uh, so they were caught off guard. That's lucky. <laughs> yeah, they were caught off guard, and at, the, and at halftime, it was 0-2 to Fusion. So Nixle had to pull... NYXL had to pull a uh, a reverse sweep. People people uh, yelled at me for saying Nixel instead of NYXL. It's a hard habit to break. <laughs> but um, NYXL had to pull that that reverse sweep, and this is where Saviobi and Libero really shine. Jajonak as well is a support player, but is as deadly as they come uh, on his Zenyatta, and just was able to really overcome the on fire fusion at this point. So yeah, it was a it was a great couple of games, and uh, really really excited to see what stage three has to uh, has to offer us, especially with Brigetta being able to uh, to show up this this stage, I believe. Uh, and also, uh, fun fact: the New York Excelsior is in New York City right now, and they're going to be uh, throwing. Sorry, Sabioli is going to be throwing the first pitch of the Mets versus Phillies. Yeah, the Mets versus Phillies game on Monday, April second. Yeah, second. <laughs> so wait, an esports player is throwing the first pitch? Yes. Sabiobi. Oh boy. Yeah. Sabiobi, the star DPS slash attack uh, player, <laughs> is throwing the first pitch. There's also I... going to be a meet and greet there as well. Um, and you'll be able to see all my experience with that because I'm going uh, uh, on Winston's lab for an article. But yeah, that is the thing. And I am really interested to see how this plays out because I know for a fact, A, people are not going to know who NYXL are. And B, once nope. they figure out who they are, they're going to be very confused. And I'm sure there's going to be all the comments of why are these kids playing video games so popular and all that jazz. And that's not a sport. It's like, shut. You're sitting there with a beer doing nothing. Shut up. But yeah. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting, uh, a very interesting event to see how both 
people who are coming there solely for for NYXL and then people who are actually there for the game but are seeing the first pitch being thrown and just being like, who is this kid? Uh, is going to be very, very interesting. But also, you know, shout outs to Sabi Olby who's doing the first pitch throw. I'm I'm interested to see if he can reach home plate. How- yeah, right. That was my thought. I was like, he's he's a professional Overwatch player. I don't know if he's gonna be able to throw the ball that hey, far. Hey, hey, you would be surprised because these guys have like actual like chefs and physical like regimen, like actual like workout oh, yeah, and that yeah. sort of thing. So like, it's it's a lot more like formalized now than it has been in the past. And like Overwatch League themselves are have been really really good at uh, not only attending to the players' actual performance, but also their like physical fitness, mental fitness, uh, making sure they're eating healthy. Like Chef Heidi from from the Fusion is like one of the big ones because she her Instagram is lit. But also like she <laughs> she puts like photos and of uh she puts photos of all the food that that she makes for for the Fusion guys, and it's like really cool. And like it's all like really healthy and just like really tailored to make sure that that the teams are in tip top uh tip top shape both physically and mentally and it's it's a different world than what people think it is i think and this might help break that stereotype but it might also be if i'm really hoping sabioli can reach the plate as well i'm pretty sure he can (laughs) i would place very good bets on that he can i just don't know how his throwing arm is (laughs) Uh, that's my thing is I don't care how good shape he's in. It's a far throw, man. Like, we'll see. We'll see. I hope he can do it. I hope he pulls it off. I hope he throws a strike. I hope he just, like, dead eyes it and just, bam, right in 90 miles an hour. No one expects this at all. Immediately retires from Overwatch to join the Mets. <laughs> I mean, they let anybody throw out those pitches, right? Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't we've have to, seen like, some terrible first pitches. We have yeah, seen some like, terrible. I mean, first pitches. you also don't actually have to be able to throw to be on the New York Mets. Hey, <laughs> that's mean. That's mean. My dad likes the Mets. Shade, <laughs> I love it. But yeah, whatever. My dad roots for the Yankees. <laughs> Go Yanks. Everyone else in my family roots for the Yankees. But uh, you know, it, it was a really good match, and uh, I'm really excited to see uh, MYXL hang out in City Field for a couple hours. Cool. Yeah, you'll have to you'll have to share your thoughts or not your thoughts, your experiences with us next week. Yee. So, um, moving right along, in disappointingly common news, uh, there is some controversy around uh, Twitch streamer Tyler Ninja Blevins, who rapped a racial slur during a recent Twitch stream. So, during a stream of Fortnite with fellow streamer Matthew Nadeshot Hog, or yeah, it's probably Hog, um, the pair put on uh, the Logic song Forty Four More to jam with while they played. Uh, during the song, uh, Ninja was, like, rapping along, and there was a point in the song where he, like, loses his place and starts to stumble over his words, and he started ad-libbing things and uh, said the N-word without the hard R uh, live in front of thousands of fans. And um, if you want to see the clip for yourself, we've linked to a Kotaku article down below that has a clip that was uh, taken and placed up on Twitter um, from Nate Shots half of the stream. Uh, if you want to check it out for yourself. Um, and it is worth noting, I've seen some outlets misreport this. Um, uh, when, when like, Nadeshot didn't say anything. Like, he was playing with Ninja, and when he first started stumbling on the words, he, like, laughs at him. And then as soon as he says the slur, like, you see him, like, wince, and he's like, Ooh, sh- like, shit. Um, so a lot of people I saw lumping him into it, he didn't say anything. 
so while this obviously created a major controversy, uh, some people online have taken to defending Ninja and calling this a witch hunt on the grounds that uh, rapping the N-word isn't the same as like just saying it in anger, um, that he didn't say it in a way that was racist. Um, however, those who are smart enough to actually look at the song's lyrics will see that the N-word doesn't appear at the point of the song where he was rapping at all. Um, so I'm gonna <laughs> read from the Logic uh, lyrics right here real quick. All right, Pete's gonna so, rap for the next I, 30 seconds. He's gonna read. Gonna, it's important to note word, that Pete has it. every line of this set as a separate bullet point in our show notes, <laughs> numbered yes, yeah, one it's, it's, through six in Roman numerals. Yes. That's how you examine poetry and rap lyrics. Uh, so... Logic writes, A bitch, I've been going and going like the Energizer. Yeah, I'm supplying the wood like Elijah. In the cut, smoking on Indica, might fuck around and compartmentalize ya. They say, they say, life is a bitch. And if that is the case, then I'm fine. Then I'm fine to surprise her. First off, he definitely said that. He didn't write that. No, this is, this is, this is written. This is the lyrics. I like how that's I I'm, love I'm putting how it there. you said that. Yep. <laughs> I'm reading it. I'm not here to rap. There's no music. I'm not gonna fucking rap this this part for you guys. I, I read it. These are these are the words. I can't believe you didn't rap that. That was like so logic right. opportunity, dude. <laughs> Pete approached with the most journalistic way. Logic writes this. Yes, <laughs> yes. Logic wrote. It's actually straight up. It reminds me of a paper I wrote in college about uh, the effect of gangster rap on inner city youth, and I cited Gangsters Paradise as a primary like. Uh, source. It was pretty good times. Um, so that all happened, right? Um, obviously this isn't like, this is a slip of the tongue as, as he said anyway, but it's not like him rapping a part that was actually in the song, right? So that definitely changes the tenor of the conversation around this. So Ninja has since taken a Twitter to apologize for what he's categorizing as both a mistake and a misunderstanding. So I'm going to read his tweets real quick. Uh, Ninja wrote... While I am confident that most of this is a misunderstanding, I recognize that it's my responsibility to let there to let there be to never let there be this kind of a misunderstanding. More than anything, I hate that any of my friends, fans, or viewers might have felt disrespected. Uh, it is my job, and hopefully, I'm usually good at it, to make everyone feel welcome, valued, and safe to be themselves. So I apologize to anyone who might feel hurt because I never want that. It's my stream, and it's on me to make that right. The best way I can explain it is that I promise I understand how much pain that word causes, even if it gets used a lot in music and elsewhere. It's a word historically used to divide people, and I'm about bringing people together. I promise that there was no malintent. I wasn't even trying to say the word. I fumbled lyrics and got tongue-tied in the worst way possible. Again, I apologize for offending anyone. I appreciate you all rocking with me. So, um, I, I'd like to now open the floor up to you all. Uh, what are your thoughts on on this controversy and um, what do you think about Ninja's apology? Do you find it to be sincere? And do you think that the sincerity of his apology matters? You know, man, uh, I- I'll take I'll take this one because you know, there's there's a, there's a color element that makes me the most <laughs> relevant person to speak on this. Wait, Sean, you might want to lead. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Uh, most people didn't even know that until we started doing the uh, the. Uh, Face the webcam, yeah, the face cam on YouTube. But um, no, I, I, I think this is much ado about nothing. To be honest, this is not. This is who cares. Um, obviously, I watched it. Obviously, he is has not memorized the lyrics. He's just going <laughs> right. for it, you know. Um, and uh, listen, the reality of it is, if you listen to rap, 
that word is everywhere. And if you're white and you listen to rap, what you the words just bleeped out for you, like you just don't hear it. It doesn't exist. Obviously, it exists. So when a when a a, a person is rapping and they get into freestyle mode or or thinking that he knows the lyrics but clearly doesn't yeah that's something that would come up it's not it's not a surprise and it's it's obviously not something that he did trying to hurt anybody or whatever and uh i really don't think it's a big deal um there was a story there's a story in the news now about a group of i think there were soccer players or volleyball players or something like that group of girls who are listening to a song and they're singing the song and it has the word in it and they're under fire and they had to release an apology and that's like come on what are we doing like it's in the it's in the song what do you want it's in the song that's (laughs) i mean that there's not a lot you can do i mean listen is it the smartest thing to do to record yourself saying that no but i don't think we need to rake people over the coals for it either there's a lot more serious stuff happening in the world especially when it comes to racism and I would prefer the focus to be on the real serious situations going on as it pertains to racism and not people saying a word that we are putting in our songs. That To me, that's a little different. I think it's interesting, too, because a lot of people have made the comparison to obviously a very similar controversy with PewDiePie a couple months ago. Man, I don't and, really uh, think it's that serious or similar. No, right. And that was my point. I don't, I don't think it's similar because I think there is a really big difference between – uh, PewDiePie, who clearly said the word in anger, you know, like he called someone the N-word angrily because they fucking killed him in a game. Uh, whereas, like, this does, like, if you look at the clip, if you listen to the clip, it does seem like a genuine, like, um, flub, right? Like, he's rapping this word, maybe he listens to a decent amount of hip-hop and, like, you know, th- I, I, again, I don't think that he should have done that, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, I think it's a lot different than um, than that than that particular controversy. You know, like a lot different. I also think it's important to remember that this. Well, I don't know him, but he's probably not a trained, you know, public speaker, trained comedian. You know, not an improv right. person. Go ahead. I would be surprised if he didn't have any media training because he is backed by Luminosity Gaming. Even so, though, like, PewDiePie was backed by Disney, and he doesn't have that kind of training. Like, but he I might have it's... gotten some of that training yeah, I... later in his career, but... Yeah, I guess, it... but I think it's different when it comes from an eSport organization, in that in that sense, because I think Disney's very hands-off with PewDiePie, in which case... Um, were. Or were, were. were. Right, not, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, but Ninja was, like, a... Ninja had a more direct like, responsibility or, like, communication, relationship, whatever you want to call it, with Luminosity Gaming. Um, and at this point, eSport orgs would be stupid not to offer media, uh, any sort of media training, that sort of thing. I know, like, in... in Sure. Yeah. But, I mean, like, how long ago, like, you, you know, shared that story with us not that long ago where there was the player who got in trouble for saying all those homophobic slurs and then did it again and was kicked out of the Overwatch League, so... Mm. I, like, that's uh, true maybe I, not I maybe not all orcs actually yeah like that's the thing is i don't i don't think it's impossible to think that some of these people do mm-hmm. but i think sean making the point that we don't know right like for all we know he's some kid who was playing games on twitch and now he's famous I, and yeah well he has yeah. a halo background to be fair he has a halo background as a competitive <laughs> player then a battle royale uh sort of player for like a hot second yeah. and then he moved on to streaming 
but still, that's so different. Like, okay. it's not the same as you being an on-camera personality at, like, a news organization, mm-hmm. you know? Like, where you actually go through training and there's a certain level of expectation for you to be a, uh, a professional in the way that, like, I don't think applies to these people yet. Okay. And I'm not saying that he's not professional at what he does, but what he does is inherently not professional. Gotcha. You know? Like, and... I think that's kind of, like, the nature of it, right? Like, the whole point of a Twitch stream is to, like, get on and fuck around and, like, play with the chat. And, like, it's, you know, it's entertainment. It's not, like, a uh, a buttoned-up kind of environment like that. So, you, like, stuff like this is going to be more prone to happen to these people because they're amateurs who've gone pro, you know? I, I Like, I understand why we have um, – why, why we can't just laugh at this and move on. Because right now we're yeah. you know we're pretty sore and tender, but um, I don't know. I to me just give give him a break. Like this is you know, this is small potatoes. I don't think this makes him a racist. I don't think this is like, you know, something that we need to come out and 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 really um, lambast him for. I think you know, listen, you you made a dumb a dumb mistake that anybody could make and. You know, especially if you're in that culture, and I, I mean, he was just playing with Drake on uh, on uh, on Fortnite a few weeks ago. Yeah, like Drake, like two weeks. Drake ago. says that in every single song Drake makes. So, you know, like I don't know, he's exposed to it. That's what happens. And I'm not saying it's okay for him to say that in his regular life, but I'm saying that in this instance, given the exact set of circumstances, I'm personally not mad about this. I don't really, I don't hold any ill will towards him for this. I think a lot of the issue, sorry, uh, I think that a lot of the issue is uh, more so because of how popular Ninja has gotten. Um, I, think- I think it's in proximity to how popular he got so quickly, yeah. too, that it's like he just became a household name like two weeks ago. And then now there's this controversy. Mm-hmm. And it plays into the narrative, right, of like even the Kotaku piece that I li- uh, led to or that I linked to. It says like top Twitch streamer Ninja wrapped a slur leading to a familiar scenario right like uh and it's like yeah like it fits this narrative and i think that's why it's getting blown up i think really the only thing to do is have drake come back and like they do a very special episode of degrassi on stream (laughs) (laughs) oh we're moving on now where drake and juju smith schuster tell ninja why it's not okay for white people to say the n-word of a very special (laughs) episode of ninja ninja is better than you at Fortnite. even better (laughs) degrassi high they film it all in Tilted Towers, so, like, they have to fight other people as they're doing the script. Just make it pure, oh like, just go for it. I love this. But how will they put Drake in a wheelchair in Fortnite? They'll find a way, Andy. They'll find didn't a they, way. Didn't they unlock uh, some special mode or whatever for them to be able to play together? Like, cross, cross-platform? Did they? Was it- did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's cross platform platform on Fortnite. But wasn't now. wasn't it not available? And then when Drake and and Ninja wanted to play together, they had to pull some. No, strings. I think it was. I think it was available. Ooh, afterwards. I don't know about that. I think it, yeah, I think it was I think it, always a thing. It just like at least from from what I saw on Twitter, because there was a bit of a controversy over that entire thing, because people were like, "Well, this looks really like staged or whatever." It wasn't. It of course it was. It was. <laughs> I don't know. Um. Because Ninja said it's not straight stage. Drake has said that uh, the owner of Fortnite has also said it. But, you know, these are all people who are involved in it if it's a thing. But, like, yeah. it seemed very endemic on my end anyway. And it, it still looks endemic. 
No, natural. It seemed natural on my end. But um, those are very different words. <laughs> I don't know what word you thought you were using. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Um, organic. But yeah, no, I think organic. That's, yeah, that's the word. Yep, my there you bad. Go. <laughs> um, hang on. But yeah, it, it just. I think that that's been a thing. Oh yeah, no, I did not mean endemic. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just look it up? Like, we know it's not the right word, Peggy. <laughs> Welcome back to the oh, Thesaurus Pals, where Peggy go. learned synonyms. No, no, guys, you totally <laughs> should have let it go. <laughs> huh. So that's what that means. Peggy, don't you know that when you get called out on being wrong on this show, that what you're supposed to do is no-sell it and ask Sean to back you up? That's what I always do. Hey, by the way, endemic is an adjective, meaning of a disease or condition. We know what the word means! We don't need meta-commentary on the word you used wrong! I mean, no, I mean, Fortnite is pretty endemic, right? Like, I guess... I'm cutting this out of the YouTube one. <laughs> no, you're fucking not. This is hilarious. You're not cutting this shit at all. This is the this is the meat of the segment now, Peggy. This is it. We're in this shit. All right. So how Our about that second chance today. for No Man's Sky Everyone on Xbox? Everyone makes fun of Peggy for getting a word wrong. No, that happens in real life already. <laughs> How's it feel? How's it feel to be on the receiving end of it all? It feels the same as if my dad was doing it. Just doing it. <laughs> said aerodactyl instead of diagonal as a kid like i'm just flubbing up everywhere okay oh my god okay all right so moving right along Thank you. we're gonna uh, i'm gonna save peggy from that one moving right along you didn't uh, uh you started it hello ga- do you want to dwell on it some more so i can point out more about your mistakes hey, or do you want me to let me transition no to- sky on xbox <laughs> yeah there we go okay so uh, the infamous space exploration game No Man's Sky is headed to Xbox One this summer with the fourth major update to the game called No Man's Sky Next. Fourth. Uh, little is known about Next, but Hello Games uh, lead Sean Murray has called it, quote, the biggest update the game's seen yet and, quote, an important next step on a longer journey for us and the community. Uh, next is also going to be coming to PS4 and PC at the same time as a free update, um, but will launch with the Xbox One version of the game. And additionally, the game's uh, getting a graphical overhaul, which is going to allow the game uh, to take advantage of Xbox One X 4K and HDR capabilities. So uh, a game that already looked pretty should look a lot prettier. And um, we've got a loose release window for this one. It says summer 2018. No idea on exactly when this is coming out. But uh, <laughs> this is interesting to me, and I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about this one. Um, do you think that... Do you think that this game might have a, a second chance on Xbox? Like, I know that they fixed a lot of the issues people had at launch, and despite the fact that it's got kind of a, a bad reputation, uh, it's a new game for Xbox players. So, do you think there's a chance that there might be a contingency of Xbox fans that go into this game? Oh, yeah, I heard it was whatever, but, like, some people liked it. I'll check it out. And then they're like, what was everybody complaining about? Maybe? It's I, I highly doubt yeah. that. Like, hot yeah. take from my end, I think this game is dead. I don't see anyone wanting this. <laughs> I don't know if anyone even plays this still, so... They do! Yeah, I mean, there's still a community for it. Like, it's not Yeah, big, but, like, but... is it my communities of 20 people, or what? I mean... No, know, it's, like, there's, it's like, a couple thousand people. in your Battlefleet Gothic community. A couple yeah. thousand is not... It is I, more even... substantial than 20. Oh, no, it's more, but, I mean, it's... I don't think that a couple thousand is worth a, you know, 4K... Uh, HDR release and all that crap, you know? It's just a couple thousand at that I point, mean, you know? I mean, they made their money. Well, they're not releasing it for those people, yeah. though. They're trying to get 
a new audience. I know, and that's what you're asking. Does it have a point on the Xbox? I don't think it does. No, I don't think it's, it's going to hit anything. There's no there's no reason that if you were gonna if it's already fixed, like you said from the updates, I don't play it. But if it's fixed enough, people think it's stable. If you're gonna play it, you know, I don't think that jumping in on the Xbox is going to help. You know, it's just. I mean, it's not there yet, and in a hypothetical scenario where I have an Xbox One X and like a 50-inch TV, I don't have either of those things. But if like I had the 4K giant TV, I had the Xbox One X, I would fucking probably check this out at least a couple times because it is a pretty looking space game. Can you get it on the Game Pass? Probably not. That's gonna be interesting. Yeah, we don't know, and I would imagine no, but. That's the thing is I I could see them letting it go on Game Pass maybe just because if there's if there's an incentive enough from Microsoft for it it would probably succeed on Game Pass. You see, I think if you had Game Pass involved, I think it has a chance. I think if not, like you you'll sell copies for sure, but I don't think it's going to matter in the long run. You know. I think you're probably right. I I, I don't know that this is going to necessarily move the needle, mm-hmm. but. I don't I don't think it's impossible. I really don't cuz like I think as gamers who all have a PC and a console, I definitely think we have a bit of a um warped perception of what it's like to be a console only person. Like if you only own Xbox, you probably don't know shit about No Man's Sky. If you, you only know? own Xbox, you probably just play Call of Duty all day and you don't care. <laughs> well, wow. I mean, that's Rudy? like I'm serious. Okay. Like, if you only own an Xbox, it's because you only want to play the games that you want to play. I mean, and generally speaking, it's a specific thing, and I don't think No Man's Sky fits into that. And I, there might be something to that. Like, I know you started that with like a dig, but like, I mean, it's half dig, half real. Yeah, I think. right. Because <laughs> I think I think there is some truth to that, right? Like, um, and this is anecdotal, but all of the gamers I know who are primarily Xbox people, they are the kind of gamers that they play. Um, they play sports games, they play shooters, they play one or two big RPGs every, like, four years and play it for four years, you know? Um, the person I know best who's an only an Xbox gamer, you know, he plays Elder Scrolls Online and the two big shooters of the year every year, and that's it. I feel like you know? that's Xbox. That's how Xbox has marketed itself. That's how Microsoft has marketed the Xbox for a long time. I o- I've always had the perception... Of the Xbox as that, and I literally have only ever used it as that, with the exception of uh, Knights of the Old Republic and Fable back in the day. Sure. Other than yeah, that, I it mean, was only shooters and, and that. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I think a big like part of that is just that the Xbox was the dominant console when like the Call of Duty explosion happened. Also, it has and a Halo. better online. Yeah, it was Halo, the man. online. Was, oh yeah, it was, yeah. It was the Xbox Live was a much better system, so that I think that was a huge part of it too. Like matchmaking on Xbox in the 360 days was the best matchmaking on any platform by a lot, you know. And they had four split screen co op with Halo stuff, and it was just amazing. You could do everything on it. It felt like you know. And so they, they had really Halo nailed and Gears back yeah, they, when those were really relevant. Right, those, they nailed that that stuff. Yeah, those were their their premier IPs, and that's what that's yeah. why people bought the consoles. PlayStation didn't have that core shooter that was a must-buy like Halo and Gears were at the time. And I, I think to build off that point, um, like, w- w- with what Andy was saying, like, Xbox does have a lineage of indies. Like, I think a lot of people forget that Xbox Live Arcade is really the thing that made indie games a thing. But after that, uh, I definitely think we saw PlayStation s- support that space more. Like, the PS3's draw was, there's an exclusive game on it every month, and most of them are indies, you know? And there was a huge library of indie games, huge library of more experimental titles, and Xbox definitely was the place to play 
the big AAA stuff, you know? And, like, PlayStation was, like, a lot of people's exclusives machine, you know? And uh, I feel like they kept a lot of those same kind of gamers in this next generation. And I think they're that's not a bad point, Thompson, that, like, maybe No Man's Sky doesn't speak to the typical Xbox gamer. Yeah, I mean, generally, I would, like, I was making a joke about it, but that really was my point. <laughs> maybe No Man's Sky doesn't fits there. speak to people. I, it's like that should be the kind of game that i would love but like i don't like that game i'm never gonna get it you know it's just it's not like it's not doing it for me and i love everything about the setting and everything like that you know it, it hits all the right points but it's just not the game for me so i don't know what that says about it you know well and that's the thing though man is like if you look at the game now from everyone i've heard who actually plays it it's a totally different game now and i just don't th- i think the water oh like, you know I nobody agree. wants to give it a shot I agree it's a new game. I've heard nothing but like praise from all the additions or fixes and all that. But I think it's so far removed from when it first came out. Like I can't be bothered to go back to this right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm not going to go back and play a 2016 game because no they way. fixed it from when it was shitty. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like, like I- I'm still picking up the end tail of 2017 games. And like, you know, there's no way I'm going two years back now. Come on, man. You know? Yeah. Especially for a game that like, you know, at its best is improved. Yeah, you know, exactly, not, exactly. Not, oh, it's a must-play, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like they made uh, a revolutionary... And maybe next is that patch, though, right? Maybe. Like, that's my point, is, like, maybe next is the thing where it's like, hey, this is really, like, New Man... Or, New Man's Sky. That's oh, they should call it that. <laughs> um, but, like, No Man's Sky 2.0, in the same way that, like, Diablo 3 came out and was a dumpster fire, and then Blizzard totally rehauled it and fixed it and re-released it on consoles, and then it was a big deal, and... I don't think that's impossible. No, I don't think but, it's likely not impossible, though. But Hello Games isn't Blizzard. <laughs> no. That's so, true. I mean, yeah, like, as soon as, like, if Blizzard was like, we're going to release No Man's Sky on the console and all this stuff, I'd be like, fuck yeah, I'm going to, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, two seconds later, I'd buy it, but... Eh. Yeah, well, we'll have to see on this one. I, I'm interested to see how it shakes out. I, I can't say I'm exactly uh, optimistic for it either, though, so... All right, so that's going to take us into our main topic this week, and uh, I, normally I, I kind of like to pull it from something that's going on in the, the world of gaming, but there wasn't too much, so I decided to uh, craft like a, more or less a second random question into a main topic out of this No Man's Sky news. So No Man's Sky had me thinking about games that really were disappointments, you know, the biggest upsets, the things that uh, people were really hype about that just fell flat. And instead of talking about that in a uh, broader sense of what are some of, like, the most notable failures, I'd like it to just be about each of you. So what what games are there that you were really excited for, that you were, like, intimately following, and it just missed the mark for you for whatever reason? And it doesn't have to be a massive failure. If it's just a game that didn't speak to you the way you thought it would, I'm interested in hearing about it. I got one. Um, okay, yeah. go ahead. Um, I'm going to jump in and say... Advent Rising for the PC and original Xbox. Wow. Wow, so I remember that. Old, I don't know that I've heard of that school, game. Old oh, school man. shit. Like, I saw a trailer for it on, like, G4 Tech TV. Okay. I was like, man, I am about this. It was hyped up. <laughs> it was, like, a sci-fi story, and, like, Orson Scott Card wrote the script, which was, like, before it came out what? that Orson Scott Card was a terrible person, and he was just, like, the guy that wrote Ender's Game. That's crazy, though. I didn't even know he ever wrote a video yeah. game. Um, and it was, like, huh. an alien invasion story that invented the Skyrim, like, uh, you know, things level up as you use it. Okay. And it was supposed to be, like, this big, huge thing, and then it was a mediocre game that 
ended on a cliffhanger and never got a sequel. <laughs> that is a fucking bummer. It was like we had this whole trilogy planned out, or since Scott Card's got his outlines, we are ready to go, and then like he wrote a comic book to tie up the loose ends. God, it sounds like a Too Human, the trilogy that was planned that never went past the first game also. Oh, I remember Too Human. I didn't know that was supposed to be a trilogy. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. That first game yeah. is, is nothing in the storyline. That's funny. Anybody else have one, or should I jump in? Uh, I can go. So, this one's going to get me yelled at, and I apologized in advance, but... I'm ready. Hold on. Let me me back up so I don't spike the mic. Let me get my rumble fists going. Pokemon Moon. Did... Because... I'm not gonna yell. Sweet. Uh, (laughs) Mostly, though, because, like, I got a 3DS, and I just wanted to play, like, some really good Pokemon, and it was not Moon. Uh, it wasn't, it just, like, it didn't really hit my expectations, if that makes sense. Um, I was really uncomfortable with the, with the overworld, I guess, like, going through the actual, like, cities and all that jazz, like, and I just didn't like the story either, like, I really wanted to like it, as apparent by how many times I'm saying like in this, uh, in this rant, but, uh, it was just, it was just meh, like, it's, it's an okay game, it's just wasn't as much as I think a lot of people hyped it up to me to be, uh, because, you know, I have you guys, I have some other friends who are, who are into Pokemon, like, really into Pokemon, they were like, oh, Moon was, uh, Sun and Moon were so good, and blah, 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 but, like, it was, it was just okay, um, and I haven't touched my 3DS or Pokemon Moon in, like, months, I think Moon lasted for me, like, two weeks, and that was it, so I would, I would argue that is probably my biggest upset is my most recent upset is probably a better way to word that i'm with peggy on this one i i think that's like i get it i don't agree with you that's Um, not unreasonable i can understand it i i i do think that like unless you're a like this like is gonna sound like um like i'm taking a jab at you guys but i'm not Unless you're, like, a really hardcore Pokemon fan, yeah. I don't feel like the things that uh, yeah. Sun and Moon did are going to matter to you, right? Like, yeah. I like it was so good for me and Thompson because it was a breath of fresh air, you know? And, like, we've played every Pokemon game, uh, and for whatever reason, like, right. you know, it shaking up the formula a little bit did mean something to me. Whereas if you're just, like, you know, lapsed or more casual, like, I could totally see it being a turnoff because the story's very slow and yeah. not super interesting yeah and even um, like i've i'd only played uh i think the last one i played was like fire red or something like that like so like oh my way god back. Wow. yeah yeah oh you, you definitely <laughs> probably I, yeah i was Dude. gonna ask when you said this how many you played because i feel like yeah. the more pokemon games you played the better yeah. sun and moon feel my main ones um. were were actually pokemon blue that was that was actually truthful at the start of the show uh as well as uh silver fire red sure. And I think that's it. Like I'm pretty sure. You never played. Uh, you never played any of the Gen three games like Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald. Oh, Ruby, Ruby, I did play as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, if you want a recommendation, you should go back and play Platinum. Platinum, Platinum. is mm. so Platinum's, fucking good. Platinum is a lot of fun. That's a great gen. Yeah. Uh, gen yeah. four is awesome. And then the remakes they did of Heart Gold and Soul Silver for that oh, generation oh, are yeah. fucking tight as well. Those so are those are actually honestly, better. if you want a mainline like 3ds title, X and Y are really good. X and Y are also good, but I think they suffer from some of the same problems. With yeah, the Moon. story is very I lacking. Like, uh, and it's in my, well, my opinion. I think they, that's the easiest Pokemon game. Yeah, it, it's definitely easy, but like, 
I don't know. It, I liked it. It was it kept me with it a lot more than Sun and Moon did. Mm. Where yeah. it's just like the story wasn't a lot, but it didn't like try and make the story a big thing. Like it was just you know, you have some friends who occasionally pop in to check on you and then all of a sudden there's like a long team whatever. Right, and it's like with with Sun and Moon, it's like every time you get to a city, there's like three or four events you need to get through before yeah. you're actually in the game, and yeah. like it, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, it definitely like affects the pacing, and I think, um, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, and like, like, I, under, I understand the criticisms that you're lobbing at. Yeah, it. and even like the cutscenes too. Like by the fourth one, I'm like, I don't care. Get get your Pokemon under control. Keep it in the bag, and that's all you need to do. You had one job, random. <laughs> Blonde girl with the hat. Right. Now you're now now. See when you start when you just guess, attack the story overall, I, that's fine. When you get nitpicky, and you're just not making sense. You can't just keep it in a ball. It's a legendary Pokemon, Peggy. Okay, Ash couldn't even keep Pikachu in a ball. You think that she's just gonna, oh just keep it in a ball? She's not even a trainer. You want first off, I didn't say mm. ball. I said bag. Secondly, it's just a continuity <laughs> issue. Is all. That's all I'm saying. So it's like when I go out and catch Arceus and put literal God in a Pokeball, that's fine, but Yeah. Yeah, cause you're cause you're a top tier trainer at that point. She doesn't even have she's not even a trainer. She just <laughs> fucking has a friend that's a Pokemon that doesn't listen to her. It's just like you guys. You also could use the Master Ball, which was scientifically designed to do it, whereas this lady's just holding on just, to a thing. Just put Peggy in a ball, Pete. <laughs> yeah, once you put if the I, thing in the Master Ball, it dies anyway, so you know, whatever. That's true. It's cool. No. Um I, I so I have a couple picks, and I, I did just want to use this as an opportunity to jump off. For mine, one of my biggest disappointments is actually Pokemon Black and White and Black and White 2. Okay. Uh, those are the only Pokemon games I don't like. Um, Spicy. I, I have, like... Jeez. I hate, I hate that gen. I really do. Uh, I you didn't those like game, the ice cream cone? <laughs> literal garbage bag? It's literally the worst, the worst decks. Like, there are some good Pokemon, yeah. but overall, it's my least favorite entry out of any set of Pokemon games. The pacing of the game is really bad. Uh... It is like similarly front loaded to X and or not X and Y Sun and Moon, where there's like a really long intro that is super boring, and the city, like the layout of the cities, is really confusing. Um, that was before they had switched to 3D, and they would have those isometric angles yeah. on the cities where it's just like I'm fucking lost, and and I can't find where I'm supposed to go. A black and white are the ones uh, where the geography is based on New York, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's an accurate representation of New York City. Yeah, I don't know where I am. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, and it's like if it was a 3D game, I think it would have been fine. But it being it trying to be 3D and isometric at oh, the same yeah. time is like there are times where the the you're above the city, but then you go down an alleyway and it's you're like kind of behind you, and it's just it's awkward, and I don't. Oh, like that's it. like when you get sort to like uh, Resident Evil. What is it, Lumio City and X and Y? Yeah, yeah. And it's right. like a it's big exactly fucking like circle that. with the weird spokes, and it's like, okay, now I just confused and lost. Yeah, it's like, where am I supposed to go? And like, I remember in X and Y, whenever I would go to that city, I would get in one of the two cars and the taxis yeah. and be like, taxi me, taxi me to where I'm supposed to go. Yeah, because I don't and, know where the fuck I'm going. Right, and with with black and white, it was like this is the same problem for me. Um, so like, I don't, and those starters are like my least favorite is set. It? Like, there's, it's all bad. And I, I tried playing black and white two when it came out, and I was just like. Nope, is, don't like it. Is that also the gen where it's like, we're really proud of this new decks and want you to care about the new Pokemon, so you can't get anything from the previous games until, like, a certain I, point I, through I, the game? That's been a thing in multiple games, and I'm... I, I I'm, remember it being, I've like, only... particularly a problem in that one, I think, though. 
it might be because the the thing is like black and white being a game that i've only played the two times i tried to play it and i got up to the same point in the game and quit i'm not i'm not confident enough to say so um but yeah that game that that reminds me of x and y andy so i i think that may have been that that was also in gen 3 though so it's like like that's a thing that's happened in multiple pokemon games for sure where like in in gen 3 you couldn't get johto pokemon unless you fucking bought coliseum you know like so i don't know uh thompson sean you guys haven't gone yet either you got one uh so i have a i have a, a couple uh i want to start with Mega Man x7 because oh, oh boy. The pl- we don't talk about these sean i know i know but uh. if we're talking about burnt being burnt by games <laughs> i i mean this game came out when i was 13 years old I, like i wasn't super exposed to you know knowing everything about a game before it comes out that wasn't quite a thing yet and so yeah. I didn't know that it was going to be bad. I didn't realize that it was going to be what it was. I had no way of being warned. And it <laughs> it was awful. It's the only one of those games that I did not beat because it looked bad. It felt bad. It made me feel bad. Uh, there was just nothing, literally nothing redeeming about it. I hated the new character. Uh, That's Axel, Axel, right? That's where they. Do you remember any of the bosses in that one? No, I don't either. I'm trying to remember any. Do you remember the scene with Axel where he joins the group and he's just like, Zero X, I want to be a Maverick Hunter. It's just like I fucking hate you, Axel. I I hate you so much. I don't remember that, but uh, that sounds like (laughs) something that could have taken place in this game. Uh, Axel fucking sucks. Yeah, that was. I don't know how that game went so wrong, but it's really bad. Uh, and then another, the other, the only other one that I really wanted to point out is uh, this is this is a controversial one, but it's Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic two. Now I wow. love that game. I think that I game know. is brilliant and genius. Mm, but, but that game on for, launch. Well, right. Uh, what bothers me so much about it is that it clearly is not finished, and that's the most disappointing part about it. You get to the end. And it just ends, and it's like not. There's clearly stuff missing. When I first played that game way back in the day, before I knew anything, I I knew it was clear that there was something wrong. And then, uh, just in terms of like, there's so many bugs in the game. Uh, the original Knights of the Old Republic has its problems too, but uh, Part Two is just really buggy, and uh, people have. I mean, it's so bad. That people have years later spent their time and effort to fix the game. Um, it's like the missing content mod, right? Like that's yeah, the big I've thing. been playing it actually uh, for a couple months now, and it's still buggy, but it's better. And holy shit, it's like wow, what an improvement! Yeah, and yeah, that's a real shame. So I love the game, but it's at the same time one of my biggest disappointments for those reasons. That's legit. Yeah, likewise, that was uh, that was like a soft number two for me. Like I, 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 I loved the first one so much, you know. And like I had to go back and play this cut content thing because like I want to remember number two in a fond manner, and I am now. But like, yeah, I could see how it being disappointed. Uh, 
For, my real pick, though, like I've, I've mentioned Peter Molyneux before, I'm sure, and I know I've talked about Spore, but I was thinking about it, like, I wasn't as disappointed with Spore as I was with Fable 3. Yes. Um, I picked Fable 2! Ooh. But I'm going to say 3 is my big disappointment, because Fable 2 was still a good game, and it still had moments that were good, and it wasn't Fable 1, sure, but it was still passable, and like, I yeah. played it a lot, I played it a few times, you know, even, and um, got a lot out of it, really. You know, I feel like my money's worth, and I like the DLC for it too. I loved how they were teasing what was coming up. Uh, you know, you just were putting this like crazy timeline together and realizing, oh my god, three games are going to be connected. This is crazy. You know, that that was wild back then. And uh, you, you get three, and it's just like, fuck yourself. <laughs> it's not nothing. It's nothing. I never even played Fable Three because, like, I was lukewarm on Fable Two, and then when I heard how the reaction to Fable 3, like, I remember uh, uh, a friend of ours had it, and, like, I got to see a pl- him play most of it, and he was just like, I don't even like this. Like, I don't even know <laughs> right. why I'm playing it. So, you know, like, I think I borrowed it from the same person, probably, and that's how yeah. I played it. Uh, it, it. It was disappointing on so many levels, like, the time scale alone, like, I beat the game within uh, 12 hours, like, you can't say you beat a Fable game in 12 hours, you know? That's nuts. There, Shouldn't there be able to anyway. Yeah, there just wasn't enough to do. And, like, I, I, I beat that game, like, with, with as much, like, fucking money as possible. Like, the uh, late game stuff sucked. Like, when yeah. you get to the point where you're the king and it's like, now you're like, an, it's like an RTS, kind of. It's like, why? Yeah. Well, like, all you do is just select a few things and then the end game ends. Uh, or the, yeah. the last sequence starts. And, and basically, there's no, like, you don't have any more, like, they give you these things and it's like, oh, you want to be a dick, you want to be a good guy, sure. But the way that the game plays out, it's just, it's very cookie cutter, you know? It's like, bad option gives you more money and everyone's not going to like you, but it's like, you're going to have more money to win the game. Good option, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. What do you want to do? You don't feel for these characters at all. People present things to you and it means nothing. It's just so flat and on every level it just disappoints you know yeah because at least in two there is a lot of fun to be had and those games are about you know just enjoying the game and three i always felt like oh, i'm waiting for the part to start where it's going to be good or you know oh this part would have been fun if it, that was all i felt about that game man yeah. and i'm so glad i didn't buy it and i'm so glad i borrowed it because i actually <laughs> handed it back before the day was over, Yikes. I borrowed it like in the morning, and I was, uh, you know, I went home and played it, and I was like, it was like nine night. I'm like, I'm fucking bringing this back. Like, I don't even want this in my house, you know? It's like, <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> like I have never said that about anything Fable before. Even Spore that I said sucks. I played for a long time. There was fun to be had in Spore, yeah. Yeah, man. I just, like you know, I never played the first Fable. Well, you're missing that's out. A mistake. I, I, know that's a, I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> it's a masterpiece. I know. But the the only Fable game I ever played was Fable Two, and I remember playing it and being like, "Why? Why did people want this? <laughs> like, because it just wasn't good. Like, it it lost what made Fable special. And like, segue. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a a good segue actually. To I mean. I, I have my last one. I'm I'm ready to. Or did you have something in mind? I'm what? sorry. Oh no, you no, said, I'm, I'm done. Oh, okay, all right. I'm done, okay, I'm done cool. trashing Fable I Three. Thought, all right, cool, cool, cool. Uh, yeah. So for me, my last pick is uh, is Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, I I love Mass Effect. I love Bioware games, and like I almost put Inquisition on this list, but I like Inquisition. I couldn't be bothered to finish Mass Effect Andromeda, and like that's the worst thing that I can say about a game 
that I, from a from a studio, you know, an, or a company of studios, whatever you want to call the association of multiple Bioware imprints. I love Bioware. I love what Bioware does. I love the Mass Effect universe. Uh, Mass Effect 2 is one of my all-time favorite games. Mass Effect is one of my favorite series. And uh, it's just not anything like and i didn't hate mass effect andromeda either like when it first came out i was like yeah it's like it's not great but it's not as bad as everyone's saying but it was just like i lost interest in it to the point where i was just like you know if i never finish this game i don't care and that's the worst thing i can say you don't like, like kumail nanjani the solarian that, that's not a problem like it's not like that was fine like i like kumail nanjani his character was interesting enough but it's just like I just don't care. I wasn't compelled to finish the game. And to, to think that there's an entire hundred plus hours of content set in the Mass Effect universe that I couldn't be bothered to play, it's sad. It breaks my heart, you know? But it's like, why would I play this when I could play Horizon or Zelda, which were both out at the same time? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I kind of feel the same way about Dragon Age 2, which I know you're higher on than everyone else in the world, Pete. I love Dragon Age 2. Dragon Age 2 is a good game. I- I'll at go to me. bat for that game, but... Thank you, Thompson. It's not... Dragon Age 1, so... No, it's not as good as Origins, but, like, fucking... It's still a good game. It's like, a, there's, no, there's a game there. It's fun. There's a lot of good things about it. It's it's not a, a bad game in a vacuum, but I do think it's a letdown coming off Origins. It's certainly not what I think we expected from Bioware in particular, but it's it's certainly, like, refreshing for the series, and, like, also the fact that they made it at a time where we didn't expect it kind of led it to be, like, I think what made it good surprisingly yeah like like for it's me a little weird. I it's an oxymoron but. the the problems that people lobby at it like a lot of them are valid um but like the whole like reusing of assets and stuff didn't bother me because it was set in a singular location it was set in a city and we watched the city age over time i thought that was cool it made the city like feel like a character you know um so i don't know i like that game quite a bit i understand why people don't but i i feel like the hate for it is like seriously unfair whereas like with Inquisition, I'll lobby criticisms at that game all day. Um, See, I'll defend Inquisitions was... all day and lobby criticisms too all day. Inquisition is just good enough to not be a disappointment in my mind. Whereas Mass Effect Andromeda took everything that Inquisition did bad for Dragon Age and did it worse for Mass Effect. Boy. It's just, it's, wow. it's, it's, it's a bummer. Is it's it telling bummer. that I haven't played either Inquisition or Andromeda? <laughs> I mean, you should play Inquisition. Inquisition's Inquisition fun. fun, yeah. See, I really liked Andromeda though, so I think you should play that. I'm I'm not trolling. I legitimately liked Andromeda, and like hey, I, you're I, not the only one. Although I will say, like I tried to complete it. Like I liked it that much that so I tried to complete the game. But there is a glitch in the game where if you don't do certain things before the final act of the story, mm-hmm. uh, you can't get a hundred percent completion. Well, is that a glitch or like I mean it that's was, just like that happens in Bioware games all the no, time? No, no, it was like unlocking parts of a map. And, like, it just will not show up as 100%, even though you went to, like, all the places that you oh, can. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, like a legit glitch, but, like, that's yeah. That's a damn yeah. shame. Yeah. Is it Reapers? Sorry? It's always... It's Is always it Reapers? Reapers? No. Okay, good. Uh, no, I mean, like, that would be just really upsetting if it was Reapers again. Like, I just... It's Reapers. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I want to go back and play Andromeda now that they, like, fixed everything, but it's just, like, I didn't like so many of the core mechanics. Like, I don't like the exploration. Like, I don't think Bioware should make open-world games. They're bad at it. Like, (laughs) uh, but I don't know. I I want to go back to it, but I don't know that I'll ever find the time. You know, it's it's so easy to just not play it. Right? Yeah. To just have it be in the rearview mirror and not put in the 100 hours of a game that I'm not sure I want to play. 
if I'm going to put 100 hours into a game, I'm not sure I want to finish. It's going to be Persona 5, all right? <laughs> hey, that's a great game. Yeah, that's that's a solid pick. <laughs> that's the thing is, I really enjoyed the 20 hours I spent with that game. Andromeda, eh, it's all right. It's okay. Oh, Peter, if... So, um, oh. If... I fuck. I like fell off mid sentence. I cannot remember what I was gonna say. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it, like, look- if you're not sure if you want to finish Persona Five, it was probably gonna be some shit. Like, you should definitely also not finish Persona Four. But I can't remember. I, All right, Andy. Good I job, think buddy. I just had a stroke. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's called getting older. You can join me. What you know. the fuck is wrong with me? Fucking geriatric pals. All right. Any other? Any other? In video games, is me right now. Is Andy fucking Brown <laughs> on this show? Uh, any other final thoughts before we wrap this one up? Oh god, something. I, right. If I really start digging, uh, I think we're gonna get into the weeds here. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, that's the thing. I don't want to get in the weeds. So if anybody had one that they were itching to talk about, I'm giving you your was, last. Was out. anybody you really know? disappointed in Diablo three? I know that really let a lot of people down. Sean. Sean was. I was. I've literally never played Diablo. <laughs> oh shit damn <laughs> is that the only blizzard game you never played uh yeah i mean you can oh, start you it for right now i'll boot it up i'll play with you i've played starcraft once yes doesn't matter all you do that's it that's all you gotta do is play once there's there's a mystery here that we're gonna solve on another episode but that's gonna wrap it up for the conversation here on episode 49 of the video game pals so remember you guys can write in to let us know what your biggest disappointments were in gaming or comment on any other story we've talked about this week hashtag finish uh, andy's or- joke Hashtag tell us why Andy is a disappointment. Uh, you can hit us up at the video game pals at gmail.com or follow us anywhere your social media is sold at the comics pals and uh, hit us up about, you know, this or any other episode. Let us know what you're thinking. And um, we will, you know, as long as you're not uh, a mean person or a bigot, we'll read your thoughts on the air. <laughs> so with that, uh, we're going to go into some plugs before we get out of here. Peggy, you want to start us off? Yeah, uh, I write about Overwatch stuff. Hey, don't cover your face. <laughs> <laughs> No one can hear. Yeah, I wrote about Overwatch. What are you doing? You, I, this is an audio show that you edit. You should know better. <laughs> I like to give myself problems effect. later on. Just really helps with my morale for the week. Hey, if you, yeah, you guys are really bringing your A game this week. <laughs> if you like the Overwatches and you like battle royales or any sort of esports, uh, you can contact me on Twitter. M O I R A I O W. It's Morai O W. I had the name before the hero. Uh, this week is going to be all about setting up stage three for the Overwatch League and possibly some fun stuff for, for a few battle royales and also the, uh, the MYXL meet and greet and the first pitch from Sabiolbi. We will see how that goes. So yeah, uh, give me a follow at M-O-I-R-A-I-O-W and, uh, talk to me about, like, esports stuff. All right. Cool. Sean? Cool. So, uh, if you want to hear more from me, uh, you can listen to the comics pals podcast that pete is also on uh this week we reviewed several major titles including uh power in your shattered grid doomsday clock number four and dark knight's metal number six uh we also talked about the fact that the fantastic four are back and how fantastic that is it's four fantastic that's right (laughs) four levels of fantastic out of four (laughs) and way more fantastic than fan four stick uh so if you want to talk to me about anything, you can hit me up on Twitter only at Sean Soapbox. Thanks. Awesome. All right, uh, Andy. Uh, if you want to check me out, I'm over on Twitter at Tiger underscore Millions. 
um, tweeting about how much I want a Jupiter Ascending tabletop RPG. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Thompson. One day I'd have to think about that stupid movie. Thompson, if I run a Jupiter Ascending game, you're playing in it, buddy. Let's we'll make talk. our own. <laughs> All right. We'll talk. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at M-O-I-R-A-I-O-W. I am Peggy. What? <laughs> what? I don't know. I'm stealing Peggy's identity. Andy Andy runs Peggy's Twitter account. So. I'm Peggy's social media manager. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thoughts presented here are not my own, but endorsed. <laughs> yes. There you go. All right. Thompson. You can find me at Relic Vampire on Twitter. I don't know if you want to talk about some Battletech stuff and what your favorite mech is. Do you like ballistics, energy weapons? Do you use the ferrofibrous armor? I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a big question. It's a lot of stuff. So tell me what, why PPCs are the best. And, uh, you know, um, that's a weapon, Pete, not your band. So don't no, get... That's my band. Don't, don't get all, you know... Uh, <laughs> high and mighty over the there. Um, but yeah, they're the best weapons. So, you know, fuck off if you're wrong. But in any case, yeah, tell me at Relic Vampire. Cool. And if you oh, want wait, one more with- thing. Let's rate everything in Goldblum still. Oh, yeah. We're going to rate things out of 10. Yeah. So I'm going to give you the hot takes on the Goldblums on (laughs) Valtech. Yeah, good. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So if you want to connect with me, uh, you can find me on social media at loud underscore Pete. Check out my writing over at CBR.com. I've got one going out this week about um, the new Superman of China, which was a ton of fun to research. So please go check that out and click on my author title. Click on all the news articles I've been writing and help line my pockets with money to feed me and my beautiful cat. Uh, and then if you want to catch me on any of the other stuff that we're doing here on the Pals Network, I am on the Comics Pals with Sean, which posts the day before the show. I'm on our weekly Riverdale review show, The Riverdale Review, which posts every Wednesday on podcast services and YouTube. And then you can catch me and Thompson on Pals Play, our Let's Play show, Monday through Thursday. We're doing Far Cry 5 this week. Uh, hopefully my internet will be good enough that we can actually do a stream this week. Tune in and find out. And with that, we are the Video Game Pals signing off, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.